part of Disney California Adventure has reopened. The return of park hopping has been announced, and we now have an idea of when Epcot's newest ride will debut. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's still meticulously scanning through Buena Vista Street trip reports to see if pickles are being sold anywhere. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. <laughs> All right. Every other week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry, this upcoming live-action version of Lilo and Stitch... Take it or leave it? Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably take it and check it out. It's it's an interesting premise, but uh, I'll I'll give it a benefit of a doubt and watch it. I mean, what's the premise other than we're going to take this movie that we've done before and we're going to make it live action? Well, I think the thing is, is that uh, I mean, it, it's something that you they have to really take a good look at when they do it because uh, the Lilo character, I mean, not Lilo, uh, Stitch character could be really, I mean, it, they they need to make the character like look real, but then also like cute and appealing uh, and not yeah. super creepy. So it's, it's kind of like they don't, they don't want to have a Sonic the Hedgehog issue where they release the the first uh, trailer and then everybody's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what did they do with <laughs> Stitch? You know, yeah. so it's, I mean, I, th I think, you know, I've seen stuff that, you know, it's probably not going to have the same, uh, more likely it's not going to have the same heart and, and the same like impact that the animation did when it first came out. But It'll still have like it'll probably have some entertainment value to it at some point, you know, something that you know you might enjoy. Uh, so I'll give it a benefit of the doubt and check it out, you know, as long as it doesn't cost me too much. I'm not going to pay thirty dollars to to see it, but uh, it'll see how much it costs for me to check it out at that time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's uh, if it's theatrical or if it's Disney Plus for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, if it if it is streaming for free on Disney Plus, I mean, I guess at some point it will, right? Yeah, maybe I'll watch it. It uh, I don't know, man. This is this definitely smacks of like we've maybe not hit the bottom of the live action from animation barrel, but it feels like we're getting close. Like, I guess you could maybe make a. A case for Lion King and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. I, I, I guess you can. Maybe not Lady and the Tramp. I know that you thought that that was okay, but that seems like a weird one to decide to go forward with. But uh, but yeah, it's like it, it just feels like why are we doing this movie of all of all movies that we could make live action? I don't I don't know. It feels strange. Like uh, it also seems like you know just like what you were saying. They. I don't feel like they've nailed the the kind of I don't know if they're animals or or whatnot, but the just like what you're saying, the inanimate objects and or crazy looking creatures. Uh, I don't feel like they've nailed that look in live action yet. I mean, I mean, generally speaking, I feel like the live action movies just don't look that good. I I know that overall, I'm less of a fan, I think, than you are of them, but. Uh, but yeah, like I feel like, you know, the beast did not look good in mm. <laughs> the beast. I thought he looked pretty bad, like borderline terrible. Uh, you know, I thought that that the creatures in Jungle Book look fine, but they're real animals, so okay. I thought that uh the Lion King seemed like they looked okay. Admittedly, I haven't seen the full live action movie. I'm I'm not that interested in it, but uh but from what I saw, like they looked okay, but again, like the real animals for reference and you know the biggest 
kind of knock that I heard from people and that I kind of was feeling, at least from the trailers for Lion King, was that like a lot of the personality that was built into the animation of all those characters in the in the animated version of it was lost in translation. And for something like Lilo and Stitch, just like what you're saying, the challenge is going to be in figuring out a way to get Stitch to work in, you know, live action CGI. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what they're going to do. So, you know, uh, again, like it's that character needs, it, it's just like pure personality, right? That's what Stitch is. And all of those aliens that they interact with are just like pure personality. And so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm curious how that's going to end up. I don't, I, I do not have much, I do not have high hopes that they're going to pull it off. Uh, you know, maybe if it was something like Moana, like, Mo, you know, sticking with the Hawaiian theme, whatever, but it, like Moana feels like it's a movie that that could exist and easily be done in live action and not feel like you're losing that much in translation. Uh, but I don't feel like that's going to be the case with Lilo and Stitch. I feel like, man, the, uh, the, uh, the opportunities to really screw it up. And it's, you know, at the end, even if they pull it off, it feels like it's, I, I mean, again, we'll see, but uh, it'll be a live action version that most, uh, you know, is almost guaranteed to not be as good as the animated version. Yeah, well, no, it, I, I don't think it'll, it definitely is not going to be as good as the animated version for sure. Um, I think the thing which you, what is kind of a little bit more on the, maybe the interest to me is, is that a lot of these movies that they have been doing uh, live action versions of have been uh, more kind of like, on the musical side um, of things. And this is going to be like one of the first ones that actually wasn't a musical type, uh, like Disney movie. Uh, there wasn't a lot yeah. of Mulan wasn't a musical though. Was it? Yeah. It, she sang. They did. They did songs. Oh, did, have you seen the new Mulan? Oh, I mean, I take that. Yeah. I haven't seen the, the new Mulan. But I'm I'm okay. saying as far as like the animated versions were like oh, sure, sure. were very musical oriented, whereas yeah, yeah. Lilo and Stitch was not a music uh, like a, a heavily music oriented where they weren't singing everything and whatnot. Yeah, not at all. So, um, uh, and this was is this was more of a like kind of more of a comedy slash like you know dramedy i guess i don't know if you want to put it like that but it was more family and and comedy oriented so it's a little bit of a different uh formula from the other ones that they've been doing per se so i'm kind of interested in that plus in this situation you also have the creature being not a normal creature and uh it was very center stage um, I definitely think something like Moana could would probably work really, really well. Um, but that's because you don't really have a lot of the other creatures involved. It, you don't have like a, a creature that's like center stage so much. It's just kind of like humanoid people are all kind of yeah, center sure. stage. So I don't think you run into those risks. But I think one of the reasons, if you look at the movies that they're doing uh, live actions of, are kind of like the 80s to 90s, more 90s area of those. They don't go too old and they don't go too new. So they're trying to do these ones that'll have like some kind of nostalgia factor to them. Yeah. Uh, so right. I pure marketing, baby. Yeah. So it's. It's a little bit of a different uh, of those live actions. I definitely don't think it's going to be as good as the uh, the animation. I agree that they haven't like the Beauty and the Beast. It had some like entertainment to me. Uh, it definitely was too long, <laughs> and it had its problems. I didn't like the look of a lot of the characters, and I didn't like how um, they didn't have the same heart to them like the same personality um or charisma 
that the animation characters had on screen it it it, it felt definitely n- not as good for sure um yeah. but there's some interesting things to it but uh you know it was entertaining when i watched it i didn't ask much from it i didn't expect it to be like better than the the animation sometimes i just watch it just to see how it compares to the animation and in in that i'm i guess i'm getting something out of it so i watch them anyways <laughs> as long as i'm not paying a lot for it you know yeah, uh, yeah. so uh that's what i mean it's I, I, I think there are people that do legitimately think that they're very good movies and you know, I mean, I guess to each of their own, but I think, I think generally there's a feeling <laughs> of just like, yeah, we know what these movies are going to be. And it's to kind of like play on your love for a certain franchise and or film that brings you back to uh, the time that you watched it. And yeah, it gives you that kind of that nostalgic kind of glow and, uh, you know, maybe you forget about some of the less great aspects of these new movies and just remember the good times. But, uh, but dude, what a difference a couple of weeks makes when it comes to this latest uh, batch of Disney news, man. So things just seem to be, you know, be really popping off on both the East and West Coast uh, parks right now. So we've got Disneyland Resort, biggie of the week, obviously is the official opening of Buena Vista Street for shopping and dining opportunities inside Disney California Adventure. So the parks are, one of the parks anyway, is kind of open. Uh, And so as you would imagine, people started lining up early on Thursday morning. As you would imagine, they hit capacity within that first like 30-minute slot. But, uh, But overall, it sounded like it went extremely well. Heard almost nothing but positive just uh chatter from the experience overall dude yeah but i mean it's i mean i wouldn't imagine that like anybody who go in there was gonna say anything bad for the most part because what are you doing you just go in there to go shop and eat <laughs> at the restaurant so it's it's basically like what you would expect i mean you they know what to expect from it and if they get that uh, they'll be happy. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to like really mess that up. I guess it could be messed up. Never say never. But uh, I think yeah, uh, the only way they would mess it up is that, you know, you would go there and then they immediately shut down the things that you were looking to, that they said were going to be open. But uh, I don't know. We're out of churros. Would... Sorry. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I expect that it's it's what people were expecting. So they're, they're pretty much going to be happy if they got in. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's like giving food to a starving person. They're not going to complain that, uh, you know, the hamburger's cold. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So we definitely had some of the questions that we've been discussing, uh, over the last few weeks here, definitely had quite a few of those answered. So, uh, you know, would there be holiday decorations around the area? There definitely was, man. We we initially thought maybe there wasn't because they were going to really just kind of try to streamline it. And maybe the thought was that, you know, just uh, the fact that it was open was enough. But yeah, man, they actually put some nice holiday touches on it looked like in the area. No no Christmas tree in that central uh, plaza area, but but it, the area looked really nice. It looked really festive. Yeah, that's a nice, uh, nice touch. I mean... It, it it makes sense that you do it, but I wouldn't have been surprised if they didn't. So I guess this, I guess that gives them like, instead of getting like a, if they wouldn't have had it, they would have probably got an A because they had it, they got an A plus. So yeah, man, I think that qualifies as exceeding expectations. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. And then in terms of how much of the actual area within DCA was open. So, you know, we got a quick peek that uh, the experience extends down Hollywood land right before you hit schmoozies in the entrance to that 
that backlot area with uh, the Monsters Inc. ride. Uh, it also continues down past Carthay Circle right before you hit the entrance to Cars Land. Actually, it looked like they had a bunch of tables and chairs set up in front of that waterfall that's coming off of uh, of Grizzly Peak. It's like a scenic kind of picture place. It looked really nice, man, like that. But I would, I would be totally happy uh, hanging out there for a good portion of the day. And then, um, and then finally, it goes also down past Soaring a little bit. Um, right up until you hit the that kind of airplane that's on display from uh, the former Condor Flats area, and also definitely confirmed there uh, they did have kind of past the the um, the border area. They did have that roped off, and there were security guards standing by because they were ready. They they knew what was going on. <laughs> they were ready for someone to take off and head towards uh, Pixar Pier or Cars Land or yeah, somebody you know hide out with the cats in uh, Grizzly Peak. Somebody just make that make that uh, last ditch effort to try and <laughs> get more Disney in than they were gonna be allowed to. Yeah, man, it's it's like a two person operation, right? It'd be like Henry, you can go ahead, ask a couple questions, ask the guard where the pickles are, and then while you're doing that, I'm just like, whoa. Take off. <laughs> Hide out within the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail in the uh, in the Brother Bear Cave. <laughs> so, and then most importantly, though, big questions we had: Would we see the elusive Disney turkey leg and or pickles, preferably spicy? Answer is yes for the turkey leg. I didn't see any pickles there. I didn't hear any references to pickles, so it sounds like pickles are probably. Uh, a no-go, but they do have turkey legs. Yeah, I could see where, like, pickles might be a little bit tricky. But then again, they may have them and just nobody's not uh, talking about it. And they're not really putting them, you know, front and center. Uh, I feel like, too, a pickle, the, the pickles are a bit of a deep cut when it comes to Disney snacks. Like, when somebody says that a pickle is one of their favorite Disney snacks, you know that they know what they're talking about. Like, you know that that person is a legit Disney Parks fan. Uh, I feel like a turkey leg is maybe a little bit more general. Like, you you kind of expect to see that. You know what I mean? It's like general fair food. Uh, maybe not a pickle, though. Like, most, you're, you're going to get less people coming looking for pickles than you would turkey legs. Yeah, well, yeah, turkey leg is is definitely a, a much more, uh, uh, I guess, uh, more extravagant or at least uh, more, more extravagant. I like that. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it's something that it stands out a, a lot better than a pickle because people can buy pickles at home, but they don't know necessarily the quality of the pickle that you get at. Uh, at Disneyland being that, you know, they actually are like very, very specific and provided by one company. <laughs> it's very, very hard to get those pickles from that company outside of Disneyland. Mm. It's just like what you told me that last time we were at, uh, at the parks, man, that the uh, turkey legs are for the masses, but the pickles are for the connoisseurs. <laughs> You know what? The, I, it just came up, uh, you know, not to about a year ago, maybe not to this day, but a year ago, about this time, you and I were there <laughs> at Disneyland. We were getting we were getting soaked on Splash Mountain, man, <laughs> to the bone. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, I uh, yeah. Uh, the, last year we went and it was raining for for part of the day. So like. I feel like those water rides were were maybe a little bit full, and then they loaded up our log with like five full size grown men. <laughs> and I was up front, Henry was right behind me, and it uh, yeah, it was brutal. I had to immediately go to. Luckily, I had to change of clothes with me, but I had to uh, yeah, I had to change in the bathrooms of Hungry Bear. Not uh, not one of my favorite Disney experiences, uh, but can say that i've done that i guess you know i'm i still wonder to this day like whenever i've written uh the splash mountain it always seems like 
you know, given I'm not a small person, I feel like the uh, they get a little kick out of putting me with other large people. Like, yeah. uh, so like we get really, really wet. So <laughs> it's it, it like we had like uh, just ahead of us. And I think uh, we had those those kids, those little kids, and they could have been in the log with us as well. We could have been in the log with them. But no, they went and called people <laughs> behind yeah. us and brought them up to be in yeah. our log. So it, it seems like I always keep kind of get set up whenever I ride Splash Mountain. Uh, maybe I'm a be I may be a bit of a conspiracy theorist at this point, but I'm pretty sure they're getting a kick out of this. I'm making their day by getting super soaked in this. As uh, as soon as you scan in at the turnstiles up front, all of the ride operators get excited. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they when when we when I roll up, they're like, watch this. <laughs> it's like they're like, mm, mm, mm. step right up, sir. Yeah, we got a space save just for you. Let me find somebody else large to put in your uh, in your <laughs> log as well. To be fair, that is not the wettest I've ever gotten on that ride. Uh, like when I went there, like. The last time I went on it before you uh, was the reason why uh, Lori won't get on the ride anymore because we got so wet. Oh, man. And it was just ridiculous. So anyways, <laughs> you're welcome. It's because I took all the water for you. No, you didn't. <laughs> you got really wet, Dude. but I got really wet, too. <laughs> I could not have gotten any more wet. I literally had to change my clothes. Well, I needed to change too. I just didn't have clothes with me to change <laughs> in the park. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, that was a year ago. It's pretty wild. Man, time flies when you're locked up, uh, not able to go back to the Disney parks. Yeah. Well, and so so we've got Buena Vista Street. Obviously, the restaurants are are doing their thing. Uh, they also announced that uh, at Award Wieners, they've got the Corn Dog Castle, Corn Dogs rolling, which is good times. They uh, they looked pretty good, man. It was I was looking at uh, a few different videos. Ordinary Adventures, I think, had one, and there was like, oh yeah, I want that. That's what I want right there. That Hot Link Corn Dog, yes. Mm. So some quality. Uh, they use really good batter, a good quality batter. Uh, yeah. So. And good, good quality dogs as well. So, I mean, that's, it's, it's unfortunately harder to come by than, <laughs> than it should be. You don't think that like corn dog castle is uh, like you, you, you hear people rave about it. You're like, how is it possible that it could be at such a higher level than all other corn dogs? But it is true. Their, uh, their corn dogs are, are just unbeatable. Yeah. I mean. I mean, uh, we have a, a hot dog on a stick in our local mall, and they're good, but still, Corn Dog Castle. It's a it's a bigger dog, come on, and uh, and it's got uh, the perfect crisp and sweetness on the in the uh, actual like corn meal around the the dog. So it's it's just it's just the right uh, amount of sweet and savory. So can't be beat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so there is one more announcement though with, uh, with Disney California adventure. So if that particular experience at Buena Vista street isn't enough for you and you're a DVC member, Disney also announced that the grand California would also be opening up their DVC villa reservations starting December 6th. Uh, it's basically worth noting, though, that the uh, the Mariposa Pool, which I guess is their main pool, and the two Whirlpool spas will be open, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> Everything else is going to pretty much be closed. So, uh, so, yeah, it's basically if you've got points to burn that you absolutely have to use and you're interested in Buena Vista Street, 
go ahead and uh, I guess you could make a booking. That's what I, I, it's an option. It's one step closer to being open, which is great. Uh, of course, though, the thing that's looming, I hate to talk about this, but uh, I guess I was reading that L.A. County, which is the main county for Los Angeles, not where Disneyland is located. They're in Orange County, but Orange County is just slightly south. But L.A. County just suspended all in uh, indoor and outdoor dining as well. So there's a little bit of concern that like, oh, of course, they're going to open up Buena Vista Street. Then Orange County is going to get hit with uh, with the outdoor dining ban. And then like what's downtown Disney and Buena Vista Street at that point? Well, it's it's kind of uh, well, I think the problem I think they're trying to uh, stop is a lot of people. They did those. A lot of restaurants had those um, those uh, terp. Tar- like uh, little canopies up and they've been enclosing them <laughs> so yeah. so it winds up being uh, so it winds up just being like you're eating yeah. indoors anyway Loophole. so <laughs> so it just wind up <laughs> shutting it all down yeah. yeah man yeah let's let's hope that that isn't the case because man that would uh that'd be a real bummer but that is that is future thinking for now in the present This does sound like really good times. Sounds like everything pretty much kicked off. As you you pointed out, totally very small slice of DCA. But but hey, I mean, it is one small slice that I think we can all agree is uh, is something we all want to, we all want more of, more slices like this. If you're going to do something, if you're going to be limited, it's, uh, it's nice to see they're getting creative. Yeah, I mean, at least people can can it gives people a little snippet of what life was like before this pandemic. But again, it's also a brutal reminder of like we're not out of this yet. But uh, if you're in the if yeah. you can if you can swing it and you can go, then cool. But uh, yeah. It's nice. It, it's they're working towards something. Like uh, I think maybe yeah. hopefully with this, if this is successful. Well, I know it's successful, uh, but uh, with this being successful, and if they don't get shut down, maybe they open up something uh, like uh, the Main Street down in uh, Disneyland will open and do the same. Yeah. I know there's that would be, of course, incredible. I think they've mentioned that at least at this point, it's not something that they're considering, but uh, just have to wait and see. I know that, like, I feel like Disneyland, at least their main street, is is uh, is not quite as wide open as Buena Vista, a little more enclosed. Yeah, it's, I mean, it would probably be a a little more, uh, maybe they'd have to have fewer people in, but uh. I think they yeah, they could true. do they could still do it uh, and keep people away. They probably have to designate like eating areas or something specific or something. Yeah, so it could be done for sure. And I think before that though, we might even see a return of like uh, the food and wine festival over at DCA. Like I could definitely see something like that going on if the uh, closures extend much further. Yeah, I mean they might even wind up like utilizing the. Uh, that little that area between the parks for some for the food and wine festival that would be actually really smart yeah it'd be fun there's definitely options there but uh but yeah i guess we'll see we'll see who knows how long everything's going to be closed so (laughs) (laughs) they might have to they might have to tap that uh creativity a little bit more yeah i agree so then over at disney world also have a few hits of some good news so starting off with park hopping it's back, or at least it will be back starting January 1st. Like everything in Disney's new normal right now, it's gone through a few changes. Most importantly, uh, you can't actually park hop to a different park until after 2 p.m. So you'll still need to make some kind of park reservation, whatever that first park of the day is. And then after 2 p.m., and then after that 2 p.m. window opens up, all you need to do is head to that second park, hope that it hasn't hit capacity yet. Uh, and then along with that, you won't be able to ride Rise of the Resistance if you choose to park hop into Hollywood Studios. So the idea of 
jumping into Hollywood studios for maybe that second wave of passes, not going to happen. Uh, I will say the thing that definitely stood out in this announcement uh, to me, Henry, was, you know, they basically mentioned like, hey, show up to the park. And, you know, if it if there is capacity, show up to the park. And if we have the co- available capacity, we'll let you in. One would hope that there's a mechanism that they put in place to let you know if the park is it has hit capacity or not before you actually start traveling to that second park, right? Yeah. <laughs> like build it into the app or something because nothing sounds worse than like leaving, you know, whatever your first park is, taking the trip, which, you know, it's uh, Disney World, the parks, uh, the various parks aren't located next to each other like at Disneyland. So it's a bit of a trek depending on, uh, depending on how you, how you uh, transit there. And so it would just be horrible to show up and then be like, yeah, sorry, hit capacity, get back, get away, go to another park. Well, I think uh, they may have, they may have something put in place at some point, like they'll have maybe like screens, some set up somewhere where it actually like Mm. shows like parks that. I like that. That are at capacity and you can park hop, but they're just not calling it out in the uh in the announcement uh and they could always change add something and then probably closer to like the actual uh january 1st date it'll they may add something to the app or something but uh they're just not telling us something at this point because they're not sure what they're going to do or they just haven't put it in place yet. I like the idea of there being screens. So like if you go out to the buses or something like that, you can kind of get an idea of which bus you want to hop into. Uh, but yeah, the app seems like the easiest thing, right? Where you just, there's like a section that says like capacity or I don't know, maybe even when you go into like park selection, it's just like a little color indicator or something like that. Yeah. But uh Regardless, man, hey, park hopping back, another step, another step in the right direction. Uh, but with this, though, too, so I guess I, I, I don't know if this increases your possibility of uh, of avoiding max capacity, but parks announced that they've increased their total capacity of each park from 25 to 35 percent. So uh, so we've got a little bit of uh, extra people coming in now. And and then also we heard got news that the Magic Kingdom starting some firework testing in preparation for their 50th anniversary next year. So yeah, it's uh it's quite a few steps closer to normal that all seem to be happening at once. And it is kind of like in thinking of Disneyland being closed and probably being closed for at least a few more months. Maybe it's kind of nice to think about, well, when the parks do reopen, maybe some of these systems will already be in place so that it feels a little more normal than it would otherwise. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that makes me feel better or if I'm just trying to convince myself that. Well, I was thinking the same thing, but then I was also thinking too about uh, the whole like um, opening uh, uh, type of uh, the, the guidebook for opening in the California and I for some reason feel like park hopping is not going to once the parks actually open that's probably not still going to be a thing potentially hmm. um, right. just because or and we may not even be able to go because that whole like 100 mile limit or something to the park so it's only for smaller parks though. Well, I mean, once the big parks open, wasn't it like big parks also were like subject to that when they first opened? It was in that in that first wave of guidelines that they preemptively that they that they announced, I don't know if it was leaked or if it was kind of previewed, but uh it wasn't that but in the final one that they came out with, only the small parks have that restriction of, and I think it's, I don't even, 
I don't even know if it's like radius anymore. I think it might be like zip code. Mm. Regardless, it's only it's only like the boardwalk, for instance, uh, which opened briefly and then immediately had to close. <laughs> so it opened for a weekend, basically. But uh, they were restricted to only locals attending. But uh, but for large parks, that 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 condition was dropped. Mm. Oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a fair point, right? Like, how is that? It, it, and there is just that question of just like, okay, how, right, how would park hopping, because the experience is so different at Disneyland than at Disney World, like, how does that work? How would that carry over to, to uh, you know, between parks? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I almost feel like, and again, I mean, it's, I do. I'm sure that there's so many different technicalities. Maybe, hopefully, I'll uh, I'll take the the kind of hopeful angle here, and and maybe the resort is thought of as as one full park, and they don't think of Disneyland as two different parks as much as resort. I don't know. That's probably not true, but let's just assume for the sake of argument that it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's um it's interesting to. Think think about like if if it is only if you are only allowed to park hop starting at two like is that something you think would work at disneyland resort yeah i think actually i think the park hopping at Mm -hmm. disneyland and california adventure it will be actually easier to do if anything you're not traveling as far so if you did go over to like Disneyland from California Adventure and you were like, oh, we're at capacity, so you can't come in. Well, turning around and going back to California Adventure is not that hard to do. I mean, (laughs) it's not (laughs) like a a huge trip, you know. So uh, I think in in that case, I think actually park hopping is actually easier and will be easier for them to set up some kind of system to like, you know, let people know if they're at capacity or not. But if, if they don't set anything up, it's still not as big of an issue if you went over there and they were not, if they were at capacity and you were turned away. Um, so yeah. it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's actually easier to implement, I think at, uh, DCA and, in Disneyland. So, um, I'm actually once they do like open it up to like park hopping, I, I think it's it's going to be a lot of uh, much more of a uh, less of a hassle than it is at uh, yeah. at uh, Disney World Magic Kingdom. So um, it's just uh, yeah. just going to be that time frame of like, hey, you know, two o'clock, you can park hop. I just think you're going to see a lot of people migrating at that one time. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, right. The great migration. As soon as two hits, you just see like (laughs) this, this like cluster of people from each park just passing by each other, like mingling and then like continuing on. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Mingling in the center of the Esplanade. The great migration at two. Yeah, I must feel like they would have to do something uh, like what they did with Flex Pass, where, you know, they basically had, I mean, I guess they kind of do this with, uh, they kind of do this with park passes now at Disney World, where you have different tiers of park passes. So you've got, you know, single day ticket, annual pass holder, and resort, uh, resort guest. Um, the availability is kind of distributed differently for each of those tiers. For Flex Pass at Disneyland Resort, uh, you basically have three tiers, and then you have a pass for, you know, a ticket for DCA, a ticket for Disneyland, and a ticket for both parks. So I could kind of see that being the case, but that the amount of park hop tickets that are available on any given day are significantly reduced, right? Um, I don't know how that would work if you have like a really high level, um, uh, you know, uh, annual pass. But I mean, maybe again, that's its own kind of tier. Annual pass holders have their own tier. That's it's a whole nother complication they're going to have to deal with. But if it's reduced, then maybe you don't have to worry so much. Like they can factor in a little bit of migration and bouncing between without 
like a massive kind of shift that they have to worry about or worrying about kind of parks hitting capacity or something like that? Well, I think I've, I don't even know if they'll necessarily like limit the amount of park hopping tickets as they'll just limit yeah. the amount of reservations for those days. I think. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's what I mean. Yeah, what what sure. I think what you will. What you'll see now is then people will have to be smart about their reservations where uh, maybe like, I guess this really like uh, impacts uh, uh, the Magic Kingdom. Uh, so what they'll, you'll have to be smart and like, well, this is the park I really, really, really want to go to. You're not going to want to like, you, you're going to want to make sure you get like a, your reservation for uh hollywood studios instead of like for uh the animal kingdom if you're uh if you really want to go on rise of the resistance you better get that that yeah. reservation because more than likely say if you wanted to go to epcot or something you could probably do the park hop and go to epcot but you're not going to be able to go the other way uh, more mm-hmm. than likely. So it, for at least for Disneyland and California Adventure, it's going to be like, you're going to want to get the reservation for Disneyland because DCA is probably going to be have the ability to park hop over, but you may not be able to go the other way. So right, it, it's just going to be like really, I think for people who plan things, you're going to want to make sure that you bottle that up as far as your planning goes so you know that's one of those things where i think we'll be fine we're always planning these type of things but you're going to want to be a bit more forward thinking when you make your trip to disneyland and uh magic kingdom if you're looking to do park hopping make sure you get your reservation at the park you really 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 want (laughs) yeah and i wonder too like i think I feel like part of the reason that they're starting to get back into park hopping now is that, you know, we there's definitely been a lot of people that have gone to the parks in Florida. And um, and the general consensus seems to be that at least with the 25% park capacity, I don't know about the 35%, but at least previously with the with the with the initial park capacity, that you were able to comfortably kind of get through certainly the rides within like the first half of the day for the most part. Um, And that, you know, it wasn't like that kind of rushed experience where you were spending a ton of time waiting in queues or fighting fast pass or, or anything like that. So because of that, like, because people don't feel as rushed, feel like, you know, they can kind of, cut through most of the park, at least most of the rides in a, in a single kind of half day that all of a sudden park hopping seems like it's a, it, 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 it totally makes sense in that there is going to be a lot more of it than you normally would have because just people are able to get more done. And so that's going to help with capacity, right? Because you are going to have a certain percentage of people just in flux because they're able to get everything done in a way that they weren't able to before. Yeah. It's it. And plus you'll get, uh, you'll get people going to maybe some of the lower capacity, uh, parks that they may have not have gotten their reservation for just because yeah. they went through. I mean, I, you know, Hollywood studios is, is the more popular of the parks so far in, uh, in Florida. So everybody's trying to get reservations for there. But they may, like you said, they'll finish up with what they really, really want to check out. And it only helps the uh, Disney for those people to move to another park. So you get them spending money in the other parks as well. Or even just like, yeah, right, exactly. Spending the day at Animal Kingdom, but I want to have dinner at the Brown Derby in Hollywood Studios. Like, yeah, that's going to be doable. As long as you can get a reservation, that's going to be doable. So then, uh, and then finally, just out of Florida as well, also got word from Epcot that Remy's Ratatouille Adventure in the France Pavilion is going to open sometime in 2021. 
Uh, so I'd say 2021 is, is pretty obvious at this point, given that we're kind of late in November. So uh, I don't think anyone was expecting that it was going to come this year at this point. But but yeah, man, good to hear that it, it at least is going to come some point next year. Yeah, I I was figuring that it would probably open like, I mean, at least by the time the uh, 50th anniversary rolls around, it may be the yeah. kind of that ride to kind of celebrate that potentially, even though I think initially it was supposed to be the, the Tron light cycle uh, coaster. But uh, yeah, I think at this point, we know that's not going to happen. Uh, but that may now be the Rat Tattoo ride. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I mean, at this point, I think it's just it's it's such an accomplishment to get <laughs> a major resort like Disney uh, like Disney World open in a climate like this. I don't think anyone's going to be complaining that much. Uh, so, yeah, just the idea that there's a new ride to look forward to is is uh, is good times, especially in Epcot right now where there's so much going on. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just yeah. Just having a, a new ride is 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 a is a big deal still. So totally, man. Uh but and then wrapping things up here. So and, and speaking of new rides, so uh so Disney Parks posted a quick progress update video on just a a, a ton of the upcoming attractions and entertainment coming to all of their parks around the world. Certainly not a very in-depth video. Or at least it doesn't go in depth on any specific ride. It's a bit more quantity over quality, but but it does include some pretty cool highlights uh, that I picked out. So the highlights, at least for me, um, were uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We saw some of those images of the interior of of the ride right now, and I was pretty surprised to see that it was much further along than I think. Most people are expecting there's this rumor that's persisting that uh, that perhaps that's going to be delayed pretty heavily wasn't called out as one of their priority attractions. So uh, but it looks like I mean, the ride vehicles, they showed off those ride vehicles. I think we had seen those before, but then they showed off the interior. It looked like it was pretty far along. So so, yeah, maybe we will see that if not in 2021, then early 2022. Uh, but we'll see. And then we also got a couple of Space 2020 images. We got concept art, but then we also had an actual photo from the interior just showing off some of the constructions. We also saw some of those video screens that really make it look like you're looking down on Earth or dining in uh, in kind of low Earth orbit. So that was that was pretty cool. Also got a very brief look at Star Wars hotel construction. So that is still moving forward. Uh, they previewed some of the footage of Avengers campus construction over at Disneyland Paris. That's a place that you keep forgetting, or at least I do that. They're actually building an Avengers campus over there too. Uh, and it seemed pretty far along, at least on those exterior structures that they're building. Um, and then the last highlight, again, at least for me, was that quick shot of the exterior frame for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway for that show building, dude. It is massive. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, it, was, it was definitely larger than what I was expecting. And it's funny, too, because at, Toontown is such kind of a small footprint that you see this huge show building being constructed in it that... Uh, it's pretty exciting. So good times. That'll 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 be something. Of course, we're all looking forward to on the West Coast as well. But yeah, fun stuff. A lot of fun stuff that they showed off there. Yeah, just you know, I think they're showing off a lot of stuff that like because uh, I think before they showed off the the cars for the light cycle Tron light cycle ride too a while back. So, but that's yeah. still pushed out to. Uh, 2022 so i think you still need to yeah it, it gets your hopes up like these things are a lot further along than you think but there's probably something in the background that is actually maybe not as far along so i would i would uh kind of like 
pull back a little bit of your excitement for like Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> roller coaster opening up sooner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, be happy with what you saw and take it with a grain of salt that it it, it it's it it is probably further off than you think it is. Cruel, Henry. Very cruel. <laughs> I mean, there is some good news, at least for uh, Southern Californians, that, that I came across is that uh, something that we, ha- a place we haven't heard much from, uh, is that Six Flags Magic Mountain is doing a Six Flags Magic Mountain holiday in the park lights. They're going to have a park drive through experience for visitors. Oh, nice. Yeah, we've been seeing a couple of those spring. Yeah, so you're going to be able to, like, drive through and see all these lights. And uh, I guess they have uh, eight distinctly different areas through Mm -hmm. the park. Um, You'll be, they'll go through, like, uh, I guess they're, like, a DC universe type area. And uh, so you'll have that. And... uh, it's supposed to be throughout the whole 125 acre park and uh but you will have to have uh reservations to get in but they uh and the tickets are i guess supposed to be around twenty dollars per person uh but uh, i think uh they are actually uh, uh people who have uh i guess a annual pass or season pass holders are free tickets to get into this Mm. so that's cool but they'll still need a reservation but uh at least they're not having to pay for a ticket so but at least that's something that's going on for sure at uh in southern california for people if you want to check out some holiday parks uh lights why is that not happening at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom in Vallejo, Henry. You you <laughs> have your finger on the pulse of, of Vallejo, California. So come on, man. What's what's going on there? I don't know how they would drive through that park. And it's it's a really kind of a weird setup that it wouldn't be an easy thing to set up to drive through. Um, mm. I think the park was actually you're open t- for a second. You're telling me that caged animals and cars are not a good mix. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not a good mix. And uh, especially like uh, animals that are in like, I guess, aquarium type settings. So, uh, but uh, at one point, I think the park was actually open for a little bit during this pandemic. And then I guess it fully closed again i don't think they had rides running but uh people were going in somehow um i noticed my uh cousin had actually gone through it with his daughter so i don't know how they were open if they were just maybe they were just checking out shows maybe they had opened up for the outside shows because they do have some kind of good size stadiums that you could probably set up for social distancing easily enough but um uh, i uh i kind of like that idea i i think we started seeing a few of those kind of drive through experiences starting to pop up around halloween you know there were a few uh i think there were a few in the bay area but yeah like certainly around socal there was Certainly, I, I saw a few kind of uh, from the, some of those theme park vloggers in Florida as well. There were a couple things there, like uh, some of those. Some like there was a Gator Park that had some kind of drive-through experience. Should be good times. Uh, so yeah, man, it's everyone's just kind of forced to be a little creative here, and it's it is kind of cool to see what they're coming up with. Yeah, and especially like uh, you know maybe they already usually put up a lot of lights or. Maybe they put up, you know, lights, and then this is just adding a, a bit more than what they would normally do. So, um, yeah. you know, why not? Because uh, who doesn't like looking at lights, you know? And who knows what the light experience is going to be like during this year, uh, during Christmas this year. I imagine that you should still see a lot of people putting up uh, Christmas lights, if not more, uh so 
but still, yeah, you've seen the the lights on a, a little bit bigger scale is always a fun thing. You know, I always usually watch uh, the Great Christmas Light Fight during uh, this time of the year, starting up pretty soon. <laughs> so uh, I like yeah. checking out people's uh, Christmas uh, light displays organized to music and stuff. I believe they are organizing the 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 uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain stuff will be set to music and stuff too. I think that's going to be part of it. Very cool. So. I'm jealous. Come on, Vallejo, get it together. <laughs> they um, they could figure out something. I'm confident. I'm confident, Henry. Have have a conversation with uh, with a couple of the people in charge of Vallejo. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it to Vallejo, but. I would imagine. I don't know why, uh, like uh, Great America, doesn't do something like that. They're a bit. I think they're a bigger park, so they have more uh, more real estate to work with. They could do something. Uh, yeah, man. And then, and then finally, we should we'll wrap on this one. This is this is kind of a a fun one, but uh, I know you saw this, but. There was a little bit of concept art that came out for the upcoming world-class Waterworld land in the future Universal Studios Beijing. Supposed to open in May of 2021, which is insane. They didn't slow down that construction at all throughout COVID. Kept on pushing. But uh, but yeah, so big question. In all of our minds, as soon as we heard that there was going to be a water world land, <laughs> a full land within this park, uh, I think we've always been very curious in terms of like, what, what, are, what is that actually going to be? <laughs> what are we going to do in water world land? I think, you know, you hear Harry Potter. Sure, that makes sense. You hear Jurassic Park. Yep. Seen that makes total sense. Minions land makes sense. Transformers land. That's a little different. But you can you can kind of get a sense of what that's going to be, right? Yeah. But Waterworld Land, what are we what are we looking at here? I think uh, the interesting thing that like I can kind of see like like what it will look like, kind of in my head when I'm like thinking about like a Waterworld Land. The thing that kind of like yeah. I question the most out of this is that. What is the food and the merch experience going to be like? Are they are they going to be buying <laughs> jars of dirt, and are people going to be oh, fun. buying like jars of dirt and cigarettes? It's like yeah. <laughs> they didn't really have anything in the movie that was like really marketable as <laughs> merch for per se, yeah, or even like at this point isn't like a kind of a faux pas because because smoking was such a a big thing in that movie. It, it's like wow, I mean they the, the bad guys were even called smokers, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's it's kind of a. Interesting, like what, and then then the food just was like not really like talked about. I mean, they had that monster that they that he killed in the in the movie. So, like, what 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 is? Are they going to do any kind of themed food? Uh, I don't see where you would have that. At least with like the uh, Harry Potter land, you have these different things. You know, butterbeer. I mean. Who doesn't want to have that? There was yeah. nothing in Waterworld Land, in Waterworld, the movie, that you said, I want to eat that or I want to buy that. <laughs> so, it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the nice thing about building a land around a, a, a franchise as obscure as Waterworld is, I, I don't think the level of fandom is quite at the level of Harry Potter. So, whatever you do, <laughs> I don't think you're going to have a ton of people complaining about it, about it not being screen accurate or, or whatever. <laughs> right. So you pretty much, you pretty much uh, can go wild. The other thing too, it being a foreign park and especially like within Beijing, within China is that you kind of have to, at least this was my experience at Disneyland, Shanghai or Shanghai Disneyland was that uh, you definitely didn't have a lot of restaurants. You, you had themed restaurants, 
but the menu was kind of all over the place. Like, like, you know, they, um, the, the equivalent of the blue Bayou for the pirates of the Caribbean ride it at Shanghai Disneyland. Um, it was a quick service, which is fine. And you could, it was actually, it was actually awesome to have a quick service that you could sit out and watch the ride go by, but they served like barbecue chicken and ribs (laughs) for like a pirates of the Caribbean. Very, uh, very strange. I mean, I guess it was just kind of like general American food for the American uh, franchise, but yeah, not not necessarily what you would expect from uh, from a restaurant like that. So, uh, so yeah, who knows what this is going to be? The concept art that they did show for this was for one of their restaurants. Um, I guess it's going to be called Drifters Cantina. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think it like, it would make sense if it's seafood. If they, if they make it a seafood place, then, uh, then nobody's going to complain. Right. It's just, it's just, it just makes sense. I think from a, from a top down level, but, uh, they also did call out that the team members within this land will have new themed costumes. So the idea of team members walking around the land in Waterworld inspired outfits. Sounds incredible. I'm all in. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just I love it. I think you're just gonna see like people dressed up like the stuntmen from the Waterworld show. So uh I guess. Uh, that doesn't and and I'm waiting. What's the problem? I don't have a problem Sounds with it. Sounds great. I, I mean yeah. I I don't have a problem with it. I I mean it's fine. I don't know if it it doesn't really like blow me away. I mean just ripped no. up clothes and stuff. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. And to be clear, it, I'm getting the feeling that this land will not blow anybody away. <laughs> <laughs> so it. Uh, I don't know. I it's definitely have noticed this in kind of um, more modern Disneyland, more modern Disney park expansions, and. Uh, it seems like maybe Universal might be following suit here as well. They may have already been doing this. I don't know, but uh, but you you know you definitely saw this when um, I think the first time that I started really noticing was when Hong Kong Disneyland had their initial expansion and they added Grizzly Gulch and they added Mystic Point and there were these new lands right and they were like oh you're getting two new lands. And really, the lands were there, and they were fun lands. They were kind of on the smaller side, and really, they only housed one ride. And in the case of in the case of Hong Kong, they were both e-ticket rides, so they did very well. But it seems like some in in kind of modern expansion or modern kind of land building. Oftentimes you'll get these lands that are kind of on the smaller side and that maybe only house one major thing, be that a, a ride or an attraction. Um, I guess you saw this at Shanghai Disneyland too. It was like, you know, in uh, what is it? Uh, Pirates Cove. I think that's what their, their land is called. It had Pirates of the Caribbean. And then there were like walk around attractions, but really there was only one like experience. There was a big ride a walk around experience and a restaurant and a bunch of the lands were like that. So I have a feeling that's what we're getting here for sure. Right? Like we see the restaurant, we know that there's going to be that big stunt show that is kind of ubiquitous with all universal parks at this point. And I think that's probably going to be it. <laughs> I don't think we're getting that much else. Maybe we'll get some like, yeah, tchotchke shops. Yeah. I mean, it might have some kind of, some kind of ride, like a screen ride. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. If it's a ride, it definitely will be. I think the chances <laughs> of it being a screen ride are yeah, very high. I mean, but. yeah, it, it makes sense, uh, you know, you know, that, uh, and I, you know, I was just thinking, uh, too, is that we think about Waterworld as being kind of, you know, not very popular here i wonder if it did really well overseas if that's one of the things that spurred uh this idea of doing a water world uh land in universals like it while we kind of like think of 
disregard Waterworld as kind of a failed movie, but it was huge in China, which sometimes happens, you know. It definitely does now. Yeah. You're like, why are they making sequel upon sequel of whatever those movies are? And you're like, oh, yeah, it's because they do great overseas. World of Warcraft did extremely well overseas. Hmm. I don't know. Wouldn't that be something? Like I said, uh, my dream for this, I think it's probably not going to happen, especially now, but uh, I want Kevin Costner there in costume, full makeup with his gills and all that. I want him like cutting the the ribbon for Waterworld <laughs> Land. Even if he's just there. I think awesome. he wants to like not- pretend that that movie ever was made at this point. <laughs> What a legacy to have, though, man. Like, it, it, it is arguably, I mean, maybe with with uh, Harry Potter now basically being kind of a mainstay at all the parks, but uh, but it is up there with like, you know, one of the one of the greats, man, for uh, for uh, for Universal. I mean, I'm trying to think like what would the equivalent be? It would be like the Peter Pan ride or something like that, where it's like, yeah, it's in every park pretty much. There's got to be a yeah, Peter Pan. I really wonder what his his actual There's, insights are on on that movie because it got, you know, it had such a huge budget because of all well, because of all the bad things that happened during the filming and stuff, uh, and then it didn't do very well. But then the stunt show is huge, so I don't know if he takes pride in like knowing that he was in a movie that is going to have a land in Beijing, but, uh, I don't know. Probably not. I don't know if he takes pride in it, but I'll bet he takes a paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that just about does it for today. Remember you can catch the great park hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 40 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch it in two weeks. It'll be December, Henry. Can you imagine that? Insane. Time flies. Dude. Stay healthy, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Celebrate safely. And we'll talk to you soon. Henry, you take care, big guy. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too, man. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye.